Time for seafood news. Hello, you're listening to the Seafood News Podcast brought to you by Erner Barry's Reporter Magazine, the quarterly news magazine for the food industry professional. You can find a digital copy of the spring issue or subscribe for free by visiting ernerberry.com slash reporter. I'm Seafood News Managing Editor Amanda Buckle. And I'm Seafood Ernerberry Market Reporter Lauren Castiglione. And this probably won't come as a shock to most people, but our top story of the week is coronavirus. Honestly, the biggest shock is probably going to be hearing your voice on this podcast. I haven't been here in weeks. (laughs) No joke. I mean, it's kind of been like a blessing ryan and i have really no i'm just kidding i missed you but ryan was fantastic i want to say he is a good fill-in yeah but you're the real star of the show thank you thank you anyway that's right the coronavirus (laughs) is our top story of the week there's so many stories so we're gonna just you know tackle it go right into it yep exactly so as of monday morning there are over 3,800 cases of the coronavirus in the U.S., and in an effort to stop the spread, lawmakers across the country have implemented bans on restaurants and bars, as well as large gatherings. So Connecticut, Illinois, Kentucky, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, and Washington have all put restrictions in place, and restaurants in these states will now only be able to serve food via takeout or delivery. California has also introduced some restrictions. Restaurants are currently still open in most parts of the state, but they have to operate at a reduced capacity. Meanwhile, Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti announced that restaurants in the city will be closed until at least March 31st in an effort to prevent the spread of the virus. Like other states, restaurants in Los Angeles will be allowed to offer takeout or delivery. All dining rooms will be closed to customers, however. Grocery stores remain open at this time. Many of them have cut their hours and are limiting quantities due to panic buying. I went to the food store this weekend. Did you go? I went on Friday and today. Oh, brave. Well, I did. I had to pick up my shop right from home order because of what I could not get on Friday. (laughs) All right, that's probably the best move. And it's a little scary. Yeah. In other coronavirus-related news, the pandemic is taking a bite out of the cruise line industry, which is in turn hurting seafood. Last month, headlines were focused on the Diamond Princess Cruise, which became quarantined off the coast of Japan. With more than 3,000 people on board, the 16-day cruise in Southeast Asia turned into a month-long affair as more and more passengers contracted the coronavirus. The cruise industry took another hit when the Grand Princess, which set sail from San Francisco on February 11th, became quarantined with more than 2,400 on board. The cruise was held off the California coast on March 4th and finally docked in Oakland on March 9th. Now, the global cruise line industry has been on the rise with the Cruise Lines International Association, which is the leading voice of the global cruise industry, predicting that passengers would reach uh, $32 million in 2020, which is an increase of $2 million from 2019. Now, of course, that might not be the case. According to a survey conducted by Data Essential, 71% of people polled believe that their likelihood to contract the coronavirus would increase on board a cruise ship. The government issued an advisory for cruise ship passengers last week. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention noted that there is an increased risk of infection of COVID-19 in a cruise ship environment. And the Department of State released a notice saying that U.S. citizens, particularly, particularly travelers with underlying health concerns, should not travel by cruise ship. Since then, a number of cruise companies, including Princess Cruises, which is owned by Carnival Corporation, as well as Viking Cruises and Disneyland Cruise, said that they would be suspending new departures. So what does that mean for the seafood industry? So I actually talked to Santiago Alvarez, the CEO of Alpha Gamma Seafood Group, a harvester, processor, and importer that supplies seafood to cruise lines for uh, food service and retail. And he, of course, said that they're expecting reduction, which is, you know, no surprise. 
Right. So those of you who were at the National Fisheries Institute's Global Seafood Market Conference back in January, Alvarez spoke on the Leisure and Seafood Panel. At the time, Alvarez explained how there was a much higher consumption level of seafood on ships than other menus. And of course, there are lobster tails on the menu, which are a significant dollar item. Then there's options like tilapia or hokey. Alvarez explained that cruise lines try a lot of different species, but they're limited by the price point because for the most part, food is free on the cruises. That's right. So according to Alvarez, his company has not really seen a large reduction in pulls yet. However, he believes it will start hitting in the next couple of weeks, just from the replenishment side. With that said, he's confident that the cruise line industry will bounce back. Alvarez explained that from a long-term perspective, cruises are a great value for what you get, and it's not very easy to find places that you can be entertained, experience fine dining, and explore some incredible destinations. It's a terrific value for the price point that they offer, said Alvarez. But of course, there will be issues, um, but they'll come back. And he said that, you know, they've done it before with 9-11, that they can really entice you to get on one of those ships with the price points that they give and the experience that they deliver. Alvarez said that Alpha Gamma will still be servicing ships because some crew members still remain, despite some lines being shut down. Meanwhile, Alpha Gamma's retail numbers have been skyrocketing. Alvarez said that their retail numbers are probably up about 200% thanks to club stores and retailers, which can barely keep mahi and other frozen seafood items in stock. So, quote, people have to eat and they will continue to eat seafood. Darn tootin'. Yes. So moving along to other coronavirus news, Red Lobster CEO Ken Lopdrop is encouraging diners to take advantage of the chain's to-go service amid the coronavirus outbreak. That's right. So, I mean, we kind of talked about this a little earlier with restaurants moving, you know, basically, you know, their only option is to do right. takeout or delivery. Um, and Lopdrop explained in his message to diners that the seafood chain already has robust quality assurance and safety standards in place. However, they are taking preventative steps to, by reinforcing vigorous cleaning and sanitizing, as well as reinforcing their longstanding policy of not letting uh, employees work while sick. Uh, so, like I said, a lot of states are already implementing these bans, but for states that are still open for dining, um, Lopdrop is still encouraging diners to, to take advantage of, of the delivery options and to go. So these, this includes curbside pickup and delivery, and diners can either order through redlobster.com for delivery or visit third-party delivery service companies like DoorDash, Uber Eats, Grubhub, and Postmates. And speaking of Grubhub, the online and mobile food ordering and delivery service, they announced on Sunday that they would be deferring commission fees for independent restaurants impacted by the coronavirus. The announcement came as number of states close restaurants except for takeout or delivery. So Grubhub has different fees for restaurant partners, and a breakdown of rates or fees from Grubhub include a prepaid order commission rate, and so this applies to the food and beverage totals when diners place an order on Grubhub's website or app. So if a restaurant offers their own delivery, then this rate is also applied to the delivery fee. Um, There's also a delivery commission rate, so if Grubhub delivers your orders, this rate is also applied on your food and beverage totals. Then there's the phone order commission rate. This applies to food and beverage totals and delivery fees for orders placed via the uh, routing phone number listed on Grubhub. There's an order processing fee, and this applies to each prepaid order. So this rate applied is 3.05% plus $0.30 per order. And finally, there's the pay me now fee. So this is just a $1 fee per transaction when the balance is requested and released in the same day. So it may take three to four business days to see that funds in your account, but those are all the fees that, you know, Grubhub 
um, charges. That's a lot of fees. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's it is it is know, a convenience service. Yeah, for, for sure. these you know restaurants that don't have the capacity to you know hire a delivery service yes. or promote it, it's definitely a great you know alternative. Yes, it is. So, in addition to deferring commission fees, Grubhub is matching all promotions run by independent restaurants. Maloney said that this action will help restaurants make their investments in growth twice as effective. The company has also created the Grubhub Community Relief Fund, which will funnel, uh, donate the chain. Okay, sorry. The company has also created the Grubhub Community Relief Fund, which will funnel, donate the change contributions to charitable organizations that support drivers and restaurants impacted by the coronavirus outbreak. Those that order through Grubhub will be able to take advantage of their contact-free delivery option. Drivers will call or text the customers when they arrive. Food will be dropped off at the doorstep, in the lobby, or other areas designated by the customer. And this move is something that food delivery companies and restaurants began offering in China last month. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a cool idea when we were reading about it um, back in China. And what they were doing, too, is they had a little sheet of paper that they were making. Um, the restaurants, the delivery driver had to list their temperature. Oh, yeah, right. Sheet. I remember then, that. Yeah, the person who prepared their food. So. And it seemed so outlandish to us at the time. And now... Yeah, that's what's happening. I mean, we're living yeah. it here. Yeah, but right now we're not at the point where we're putting the temperatures. Right, you know, but, but we could else. be, you know. So good on Grubhub for, yeah. for taking the precautions. On one hand, it's like who, you know, I highly doubt that somebody's working with a fever, but like anybody could just say like, oh, yeah, my temperatures. Right. I don't know yeah. if the managers are going around and you yeah. know, taking it How do you just reinforce that? But I mean, I guess it's kind of reassuring, but you can't also at the same time reinforce it. Right. Anyway, that's just my hot take on it. Hot take. Hot take. Okay. So finally, for <laughs> some non-coronavirus-related news, the owners of Newfoundland and Labrador's Quinlan, uh, Quinlan Brothers Limited announced the proposed sale of the company to Royal Greenland. So Quinlan Brothers said its intention and that of Royal Greenland are to keep things status quo in the province. The company will continue with normal operations throughout the process, and Robin Quinlan, president of the company, will will remain at the helm. The transition of ownership will ensure the company's management, employees, suppliers, and customers are served as in the past, Quinlan Brothers said. Quinlan Brothers noted Royal Greenland's ability to maintain and grow the seafood business in Newfoundland and Labrador through the new capital investment and increased market access that serves to benefit our entire industry. According to a statement from Quinlan Brothers, the sale will involve government approval due to the transfer of licenses and is expected to close at the end of 2020 processing season. And for a fun story, because this was we need it. really down in the dumps today, um, Square Baby, it's a baby food company created by a registered dietitian. They've launched an exciting new product, and I'm very excited about this because it sounds delicious. Yes, it does. Coconut, shrimp, fried rice, baby food. So move over, mashed peas. You've got nothing on coconut, <laughs> shrimp, fried rice, baby food. So the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends that parents introduce allergenic foods to babies early and often as a way to prevent the development of food allergies. And that's where Square Baby comes into play. Their coconut shrimp fried rice offering is made with sautéed shrimp, organic mango, pineapple, carrot, corn, California batsami rice, egg, coconut milk, sesame oil, and lime. And that's not their only seafood offering. Already on the Square Baby menu is salmon mash, featuring sweet potato, cauliflower, peas, mango, wild Alaskan salmon, sprouted millet, avocado oil, spreaded chia, and lemon. So did they just Yum. like take all these ingredients, just like chop and throw it in a blender and it's like baby food? I guess so. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, because I'm curious. I'm like, what can I do at home with that, you know? What can I make at home and turn into baby food? Like, I wonder if I just throw my entire meal into a 
into a blender if yeah. that would turn out to be the same. Probably you not. You can do it. Probably not. But it does sound delicious. It does. And honestly, as uh, I mean, we both have, you know, kids Little on the around. So mm-hmm. I'm interested in trying it. But um, Get man, the kids in. Let's do it. I think it would be fun to do a watch us watch eat. Watch us eat. Yeah. Watch us eat. Watch us eat 2.0 version. Aw, that'd be cute. Yeah. So the little babies. Um, But... Speaking about children and seafood, let's just finish the story and stop getting distracted. Sorry, that's my fault. Um, Many seafood items offer children vitamin D and calcium. So seafood is also rich in omega-3 fatty acids, which is beneficial to brain and eye development. According to the American Academy of Pediatrics, introducing fish early in a child's diet may even help prevent allergic disease such as asthma and eczema. But with all the benefits, many children still are not eating enough seafood. Consumption of seafood among U.S. children has reportedly been on the decline since 2007, and the main reason is fear of mercury. However, exposure to mercury can be minimized or avoided by following the U.S. Food and Drug Administration's guidance for eating fish. And And there you have it. That that does it for us. So there's a lot of coronavirus, a couple of other stories sprinkled in. Mainly it's all coronavirus. That's kind of the only topic in the news lately. So that's all we've got for you this week. And we apologize. Yeah. So hopefully next week will be a better week. Will we be here next week? We're not sure. We might be working from home. Yeah. This isn't probably the podcast you'd want to listen to on repeat. We just <laughs> listening to our older stuff. I had a couple of really great weeks of Ryan. Listen to those episodes. <laughs> but anyway, stay safe out there. Practice washing your hands. Use hand sanitizer. And hopefully we'll all be back yeah. to normal. Self-quarantine. Very soon. Exactly. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you.